What's up, Bucks fans? Happy Halloween. And welcome to another edition of the Pirate Parlay Podcast. I'm JCL at Batman, and we've got a great episode for you tonight. We've got Bucks offensive lineman Cody Mock, who's going to come on, talk about his rookie season, what it's been like, the transition from left tackle to inside, right guard, and also the transition from the college level, how he's settling in from Tampa, and tell us all about what's been going in his rookie season. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back here. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Pirate Parlay. Battle intercepted. Picked off in the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world. The sickest Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. It's going to be sick. And be sick. What's up, Bucks fans? JC on here. Back. I'm Batman. We're going to get Cody Mock on. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Cody Mock, offensive lineman for the Buccaneers. Nice little boy. I like it. I'm not going to try the same. Cody on Batman. <laughs> I say today. No, but seriously, it's Halloween. You guys are going to be watching this the day after Halloween, but it's Halloween for us here. So first and foremost, Cody, happy Halloween. How you doing, buddy? Happy Halloween, man. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Yeah, I just got, you know, take the kids out, trick or treat, get all the little candy, you know, they're all separating it. Oh, this is this, this is that. I'm like, guess what? You guys are going to bed soon. This is all mine. mine. <laughs> <laughs> you got the dentist bill a couple weeks later. But um, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, we'll just jump right into it. Rookie season. How's it been? It's been good. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, learning a lot. I think that's the biggest thing is just learning so much right now. Yeah, you know, when you look at it, obviously you played left tackle in college. Coming in, making that transition inside um, from outside, inside, left side, right side, much as uh, Luke Gedicki tried to do last year. What's that transition been like? What's been the hardest part of that? And just like kind of take us through um, where you were at when you came in, rookie minicamps, OTAs, training camp, to where you feel like you are now and just the journey and the process of that whole whole um, whole transition. Yeah, it, it did. It took a little bit to get used to it. You know, like you said, going left side to right side, also tackle in the guard. Took a little while to get used to, probably still getting used to it, just – you take that many reps at one position, it takes a little bit to work work into a new one. Um, but it, it's been going it's been going fine. Just just like I said, learning as much as I can, learning every game, every practice. Um, just the biggest difference that I've found is just you know guys are on you so much quicker. It's so much tighter in there, and uh, it just everything happens a little bit faster inside. Has that been the biggest thing? Like learning how to play inside the phone booth. Has that been like the biggest? jump in transition for you i would say so just like you said you're in a phone booth uh it's it's you know you got kind of sideboards on either side a lot of times from your center and from your tackle and it's just getting used to playing with that how's the footwork is that because obviously you know at, at tackle you're usually taking that step back but a lot of the time at guard you're taking that step forward to engage a lot of the time what's the footwork transition been like for you Still learning that, uh, just finding what's comfortable for me. You know, there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. There's a lot of different guy, ways to block a guy. And mm. just, just trying all sorts of things out and, and what works best for me as a player. Uh, you know, like I said, mentioned the guy who went through it last year, um, moved back to right tackle. He's right next to you. But how how helpful has it been to have Gedeke there who tried, you know, try to make that transition um, last year and then next to you kind of like, 
as far as confidence wise, as far as just been there, done that wise, what has it been like to have him there uh, to lean on to for advice and, and what kind of like advice that he's, that maybe he's given you? Yeah, I, I like it. I like playing next to Luke a lot. Uh, I think one of the things that helps the most is he was in my shoes last year. So it's still fresh in his mind. You know, he knows what it's like to play inside kind of what he's expecting from me now that he's out at tackle. So uh, just all the conversations we have are just, you know, making sure we're always on the same page with each other. For us, it's always, you know, communicate, communicate, communicate the good and the bad and, you know, what I need more from him, what he needs more from me, just a lot of communicating. Like, and you look at it, you know, most of the time, especially, you know, there's a lot of movement on this Bucks line. You know, you got yourself as a rookie coming in. Hainsey is really the only person who's been in the same spot he was last year with, you know, Luke making the move, Filer coming in, Tristan making the move. Um, but the coaching staff put you guys together right away and said, this is our line, ride or die, and we're rolling with these guys. How beneficial was that for that chemistry, for that camaraderie? Because, like, you, you know, especially coming in as a rookie, I mean, Luke might know a little bit from Hainsey from playing, you know, guard next to him. But, I mean, you're learning both what Hainsey likes, dislikes, what Luke likes, dislikes, what type of looks he wants you to take. Or, or set up or different things the defense are giving them where, you know, you have to have almost that the line is, I, I feel like is an amoeba. It's, it's an extension of one another where you guys all have to be on the same page. We're seeing that now too in the, in the run game. We'll get into that, but you guys all need to be on the same page in order to operate as, a, as a full unit. So um, with them saying, this is our line early on, how beneficial is that? Yeah, I, th I think that helps a, a lot. You just start to become more comfortable with, uh, you know, especially the guys that you're playing right next to. Uh, like you said, you know what, you have a good comfort level of what am I going to get from this guy on a double team? Um, what does he expect from me? I think that that just is the biggest thing with uh, how we kind of went about it was you kind of knew who you're going to be playing next to. You know, on this team, there's like there, I feel like there's so many like, different layers, especially in the offensive line. You got your, you know, your fourth year guys, your third year, second year rookies. Uh, you know, your vets like Filer, who's been around. Obviously, Jensen, you know, who's not playing but is still very involved with you guys, seeing everything there is to see. What are these guys have like kind of like taken you under their wing and like like really kind of brought you along the most and has been like I, I don't want I don't want to say your mentor, but that type of a leadership role that's like shown you, you know, whether it be what to expect in the facility, what to expect, how to prepare for game weeks, um, and then just on the field in general. Yeah, I would say, you know, there's a couple guys who kind of have been helpful with that. Like a guy like Hainsey, he's been really helpful to me just, you know, playing next to him. What does he want from me? He, he's given me a little bit of help about how to go about the week of, you know, film prep and whatnot. And then a guy like Ryan is always awesome to have, you know, just – if I get, you know, on myself a little bit for something that happens during practice, you know, he can kind of de-escalate it and, you know, kind of talk me through, well, what's going on and help, like, I guess, slow it down or put it in a way that I can better understand. Yeah, it's, it's it's really helpful having those guys to, to you know, just because it's tough, you know, like I said, I think we've, we've had this conversation before, you know, you're experiencing so much your rookie season, you know. It, new teammates, new coaches, new staff, new city. I mean, you've never even been to Tampa before this. Uh, you know, you're learning all this stuff. And to make matters worse, half the offseason, you're not even prepping for a regular, you know, you don't know where you're going. You don't know the system, know the scheme. 
you're training, working out pretty much for testing instead of for getting football ready. It's so difficult. So to have those guys there to to be that uplifting and, and be that mentorship type person is it, definitely a plus. But um, speaking about the scheme, uh, because it's not just new for you, it's new for everybody. Um, and we're seeing some of the hiccups now, but all we've heard throughout training camp, throughout the season, is that this scheme, uh, it, it, the rave reviews about how this scheme can really highlight you guys um, once everything's flowing the correct, uh, you know, the correct way it's meant to be. But what do you like about this scheme um, and what it allows you to do as a player? You know, I think what I like is, you know, when we do, when we run the ball, you know, a lot of zone schemes and we're able to just get double teams on guys, which, mm. you know, it, it's taken a little bit to get going and, you know, we're, we're so close in everything that we do, but you're just able to get double teams and then, you know, transition them double teams into one of us picking up a backer. And um, I, I think that just helps the more double teams you can have and to just kind of lean on guys, you know, the easier the read's going to be for the running back. Yeah. I mean, it- Last week, you had a good double team. Uh, I think it was with Hainsey, and then you popped out to help on Luke's guy so he could get the get a chip, too. I mean, some of the stuff that you're doing uh, is really just popping off tape. Um, and, and it seems like pass protection, for certain, um, that right now appears to be a strong suit for the entire offensive line, but especially for you at this, at this point in the season. What is it about the pass protection game um, do you feel like is jumping off for you in the offensive line that, that's – not working necessarily in the run game? Um, I would say just, you know, we, we spend a lot of time working at our pass pro. We spend a lot of time working on a run game as well. But um, I, I think it's just guys maybe just understanding kind of, you know, the scheme and you know, what call do we have here? Who are we all going to in our, in our pass pro and our sorts and whatnot? And I think it's just guys just playing ball at that point. Like, shoot, and – this last game, you know, that drive at the end of the game where we, like 22 play drive or something, and you got four, five, one on ones every rep there, and guys really kind of held their own. So there's a lot to, lot to be happy about, I think, with the pass throw. A lot of improvement to do, too, though. As far as the issues in the run game, would you say it's more obviously, it's, I think it's everything. I think it's, and, and I'll, I'll, I told this straight up, you know, I think sometimes it's sequencing with the play calling. Um, obviously I think sometimes it's, it's, you know, the running back vision isn't there. It looks like you guys have opened up some holes, but there's maybe some hesitation and stuff like that. But as far as a blocking game, it it seems like sometimes there's issues sustaining, um, issues getting off or issues getting to the next level to take, take out of that backer, which is something that you guys have been working on getting out those double teams to take that backer out so that there's that extra room to to make this explosive. And finally, you guys get the explosive run you've been looking for for 26 yards, and it gets called back on a penalty, um, which these refs are flags happy the last couple of weeks, but that's a discussion that no one wants to talk about, so we don't get you fine here. But what is it uh, What is it about the, those situations there, whether it's getting up blocks, just sustaining for that half inch long? I mean, not that you guys haven't played um, some stellar defensive fronts too, and then just being able to get to that second level to take out those backers. I think just the theme of our entire, you know, run game is just how close we are. It, it sucks to say because you don't want to be close, you want to be on, but right, it's right. just, you know, everyone's good except this guy loses a guy late or, you know, this this guy's just just loses his guy towards the end and it, like that's that's really what it is. It's what's what we see on film. It's um 
and, and you know, I think one thing that we're doing well is guys are getting really good contact initially, and then we did we just fall off a guy. We got to sustain those blocks better. I think that that's our biggest thing is just all being on the same page. You know, hitting our assignments, and then also just sustaining blocks. Yeah, I think. I mean, you look, you can see the offense. I mean, every week you're hearing, you know, from Canales and Baker and and Bulls, we're close, we're close. And that's the thing when you watch. The, you know, I'm only watching all 22. I'm not watching the breakup like you guys get. But I mean, you can see, like, ah, it, you know, if this happened, if if this was seen here, if this was held there, or this was. These things are cooking, and you guys have been in every single game you've played. I mean, you played the Eagles, which are one of the cream of the crops. You just played the Bills, lost by six, but they're supposed to be a team that's in the Super Bowl contention. Uh, the Lions are one of these upstart teams. You know, the Falcons, that was a tough one. I, I'm, I'm sure you guys thought that was a tough, the tough, probably your toughest loss of the year so far was the, was the Falcons, a game you definitely thought you should have won. Not that you think you, you shouldn't win any game, but, I mean, when you look at realistically where you are, where these other teams are, you see, you know. Um, but you're right there. You're in there at halftime. You're in there. And then, you know, some you know sometimes you start teams start to pull away. Part of the reasons has been um, some penalty issues too. Um, what has been the message to you guys about penalties, cleaning up, fundamentals, technique, uh, those are the things that are, are fixable. They're coachable. They're not things that you look at like this is a detriment to our season. It's like, okay, let's just get this done. And then like we're moving and grooving. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is it's a lot of very controllable penalties, you know, some false starts, which you, you just being more disciplined, I think on all of us is the biggest thing with those. And then you're going to get holding calls. You guys are playing hard. Guys are blocking downfield really hard. Like, it's going to happen. You obviously want to minimize it. It just comes down at that point to just relying on your techniques and, you know, not doing anything outside of your means. Just use your techniques and just sustain this guy as long as you can. If you start to lose him, just shove him and hope the back can make a mess. And and that's really it's, – it's guys are playing hard on calls, like on, on those types of penalties. So you can't be mad at that, but just, just be smarter. Yeah, you know, you look at some of the film that that you put on tape, and uh, you know, Luke came out. He was a self-imposed glass eater. You know, that's what he told people. I'm a glass eater. You know, but you can see your mentality out there. You had a nice pancake this past weekend, and man, Ed Oliver is a different beast. Like he's a different animal. Like it's it's funny. Some of the guys in the media, uh, you know, shout out John Ledyard and Trey Trey Sikama, They call him an off-ball defensive tackle with some of the things he can do. And you stonewalled him a few times on, on reps. You know, when you look at these guys you face, Grady Jarrett, David Onyemata, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, um, Jordan Davis, three of the guys from the same damn team. Um, you know, who's okay, who's been the toughest for you? And and when you're when you're stonewalling these guys, when you're pancaking these guys, when you're what does that do for your confidence saying like because I know you watched these guys growing up, like and, and to be able to get on the field with them and then not just get on the field with them, but show them what you're made of. You know, what does that feel like in the confidence and who's been the toughest? Yeah, I think um, it's great. When you, whenever you can get a, a good play like that, that's just something that you have to kind of just keep in your mind. Oh, what did that feel like? What did I do that rep that made it feel so good? Let me just replicate that as much as I can. And, you know, you're going to get beat, try to minimize the times you can get beat, but also from those reps, you know, yeah, you're playing some of these D tackles we're going against, like Fletcher Cox, vet, unreal player, strong, still quick, like guys like that, you know, you're going to get beat, learn from it, 
don't let it happen again. And uh, it's really just short-term memory that I think that I'm really learning is uh, guys are going to get beat. Don't let it happen again. Goldfish mind, right? Yeah, You're just, right. Who's been the toughest? I think I, I think Fletcher was a good one. That was a really good battle. Just especially early on, it was one of the you know I think it's the third game, and so still kind of learning some things. And yeah, Fletcher, he got me a couple times. And he's got he's he's not just big, fast, strong. He's also seen almost everything. So like he's got all the smarts. You, you know what's crazy? I don't know if Jensen told you this, but Jensen is the only active player I've ever seen piss him off on purpose and laugh in his face. I don't know if you've ever seen some of Jensen's highlights against Cox. Like he would literally like piss him off on purpose and then just dominate the matchup. Yeah. He's a different. Jensen's Jens a different breed. Is definitely a different breed out there. Uh, but you talked about kind of like the process of of learning from, you know, that goldfish mind. Okay, what did I do? What I didn't do? What I didn't do? Um, kind of the process of figuring out an opponent during the game. Um, and and to, to before that, but that's just the process during the week, getting ready for that opponent. Like, what's that like for you? Um, uh, you know, as far as take me through the week preparing for, you just played great. Uh, who'd you just play this past week? Was it the Falcons? No, at all. Yep. Take me through preparing for Ed Oliver. What was it like? You come in on Wednesday. What are you for? No, because it's a short week, so maybe that's a bad example. Grady Jarrett, Ed Oliver. What's it like? Are you like getting a breakdown? Here's the film. What's it like when you prepare for this guy? Yeah, it's it's just it's spending a lot of time watching the different cutups that you know we have at our disposal. Watching that a uh, lot of pass rush cutups. Um, for me, I like to just kind of chart guys' pass rush moves, and, and uh, then you really you know you watch enough clips and you chart them all. You get a good beat on you know what are their go to, what are their favorite moves, what are they gonna do when you know, it's third and seven and they need to get a sack, what move are they probably going to come with? So it's spending a lot of time watching stuff like that. And then also just watching the different cutups on how they are against different running teams. How do they take on double teams? And to go with that, you know, it's getting that look in practice as well. You know, we try to, when we're doing our O-line indie, we try to get those looks. When we're doing team, we try to get the looks for the guys that we're playing. So uh, it, it really starts with us just breaking down the film and, and what do we want from in, in practice, you know, what kind of looks do we want? And so it, it's kind of up to, up to you to, you know, make sure you're watching the film and know what does this guy do? So are you watching not only him, but watching like, let's the, the offensive lineman, like if they have successful reps, are you watching just his successful reps or are you watching successful reps that they've shut like a guard has shut him down? Uh, is it a combination of both? It's it's both. I, I'll just pull up like a compilation of just all of their pass rushes. And, you know, there's a lot of wins for them. There's there's a lot of times where the O-lineman will just kind of stone them. And so it's t learning from that too. Well, if this guy, you know, did this against Ed Oliver a couple times and it worked, let's, you know, maybe try that and see if that works for me as well in practice. And it, it, it it's watching both, you know, what works for offensive linemen. Absolutely. And then are you going to like, I don't know who's running scout team, Dedrin Sanat, or um, I mean, I guess POC might've been doing a little bit of uh, Ed Oliver for you guys uh, just with his speed and ability. Um, but are you going up to him and saying, Hey, these are some of the things that he's been doing. Uh, can you show me these looks in, in practice? Um, is that how it's kind of breaking down? 
that's usually what it is. You know, they do a good job of coming up and asking, like, oh, you know, anything in particular you want this week in terms of uh, pass rush or anything. And that's usually one will be like, you know, they do this, a lot of these. and, and they do, moves or whatever. Yep, exactly. And they do a great job giving, giving those exact looks in practice. Okay. So, like, when – so you got the looks, you got the tape, you've done that. Now you're in game, all right? And now you're trying to figure out um, – remember everything that you, that you learned all week that you went, that you practiced, you walked through the process of figuring out that opponent throughout the game, uh, because you can watch it a bunch of times on different things, but they're always going to try to keep it fresh, right? They're always going to be like, okay, usually he'll do, he'll do a rip move and then he'll do a cross chop move. And then I know that's what's coming. Well, maybe they'll do the cross chop and then the rip move and just try to throw you off balance. So like when you're doing that, like, the process of figuring out, okay, this is what he wants to do to me this week. This is what he's trying to do to me this game. What's the process? How long does it take to get that? And then what do you do to combat that? Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, as you know, every rusher at this level has all kinds of moves. Usually it's figuring out, you know, what's going to be the flavor of today? What's going to be the top moves they're going to try against me today? And it'll usually take a couple series to really feel like I have a beat on uh, you know, I think they're going to be a lot of power power today. And so at that point, it's just, you know, and you can't just, oh, you know, he's giving me a lot of power, so I'm just going to sit on his power move. They're going to hit you with something else, so you got to be ready for it all. But I think once you do get it figured out, you still just got to be uh, active in pass pro. You know, if you let him dictate what he wants to do, you're going to get got no matter what his move is. Right. You know, you got you, pass pro doesn't have to be passive. Go bring it to him. Right. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the key, and you know you said too that goldfish mind. Even if you 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 don't hit it this play, you move on to the next play. And one of the big things that I've been really impressed with you is your recovery ability. Like you might get beat early on, but your recovery ability to to get back on the block and and not prevent it from becoming something worse, but then sustain it has been really. Uh, something that's fun, a lot of fun to watch. What do you attribute that to? The ability to just, is it that just your speed, athleticism, and size, just being able to put you in the back right position? The, the Is that like film study? What is it about your ability to maybe take the L in the beginning, but then turn it into a W before the play is over? You know, I think, I really think that that kind of thing is, you know, it's tough to teach. It's tough to teach. You know, you don't want to. No. Have, you know, you don't even want to have to rely on your recoverability but it definitely helps. I think it's probably just uh, an athleticism I probably just have, you know, because I don't really think about it. It's just kind of natural. Like, it'll just happen for guys. And um, so you don't really want to use it, but it, it, it absolutely helps to have when you get yourself into a bad spot. So you're not even thinking. You're just reacting at that point. It's just yeah. mind, muscle, memory. Boom. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive. Um, as far as the coaching – um, you, you've got a couple guys with their hands in the room, but you're mostly dealing with Goody with the interior. Um, Gilbert's mostly mostly blocking with the tight ends and everything, and then obviously Dave's got his hand on everything. Um, what is it about good coaches, uh, Goody's coaching style? Because I love going to practice because when he's working with you guys, I just I can hear him across the field, you know. But it's all from a place of love. Um, and like, how have you how have you taken to his coaching style what are some things that you feel like he's brought out of you that maybe you didn't have um prior to to the nfl i i one thing i really like about him is how it like it don't it doesn't matter who you are uh 
attention to detail is kind of everything. I mean, that's you can't fall asleep and lose those little things of the game. And that's, you know, especially me as a rookie, I'm learning so much and really a lot of just the basic stuff of just getting your techniques down. And, and he's always on me about it. Like, it's what I love. It's, it's, there's, it's the small stuff that we're getting coached on. And, uh, you know, he does it with a lot of passion too. And then Dave, everyone, you, you hear, you know, Dave's positivity that echoes throughout the coaching, you know, through the building and even impacts the guys on defense. When you guys are in full offensive meetings and stuff like that, what's his message to you guys the last couple of weeks? Cause we know Bowles pretty much has, you know, his hands are not in on offense. He's, Completely leaves that up to Dave and the coaches over there. What has been the message the last couple of weeks, you know, especially with the penalties? Um, you know, it seems like you guys are utilizing um, – the run game was got going a little bit last week, but it seems like you guys have been using Rashad White in the passing game a little bit more to supplement that run game. I mean, the last two weeks he's had 13 receptions combined um, for over – I think over 150, almost 150 yards, somewhere around there. But um, – you know, what is the message about getting that run game going, getting the penalties down? Um, just the message overall. We know it's a positive one, I'm sure. No, it is. It's 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 realizing, like we said before, how close everything is. You know, it's, again, you hate to talk about it. You want to be, you want to get it going, but just how close we are. Just and it ties into the penalties too. Just stuff that we can control. Uh, you know, just know your job, know your assignment, know who you're going to go block. Block them as long as you can and be disciplined too. Don't, don't let that fly away from you. Uh, you know, just be disciplined in your blocking and pre-snap and everything. And you know, if you just be disciplined and you know your assignment, stuff's going to stuff's gonna work. What hurts more? Is it the pre-snap penalties? Do you think as a lineman, as, as a lineman, is it the pre-snap penalties or the false starts or is it the, the holding penalty? For as far as like pride goes, and for an offensive lineman, like, what are you more pissed off at yourself? You're pissed off about both. What are you more pissed off at yourself about? I'd say each probably have a time and a place. You know, you feel really dumb when you're the one who jumped, didn't remember a snap count, or you just twitched a little bit. That feels bad, but you know, it especially feels bad when you get a holding call. Like I, I had one this last game. Mike had a big time catch in that uh one of the last drives there and it gets called back because of your holding call and you know you feel bad because let alone and negated a big play but we're gonna get some momentum going and whatnot so that that really sucks especially because holding calls are always judgment calls you know sometimes they're good sometimes they're not and um so just don't even put yourself in that situation you know right is there ever such thing as a good holding call like say your quarterback's about to be sacked for a 15 yard loss. Is that a good holding call? Would the coaches say, ah, I hate it, but like, you know, you let up a sack potentially could have been worse. Um, is, is there ever a good holding call? You know, I, I've never really thought about it, I guess, because I feel like the way coaches would coach it is, you know, everything up to the point of the hold, you know, they would coach that. Let's not get in this position where we even have to hold the guy. So right. I've never even thought about that. Yeah, I feel like the the, the age-old saying, this, you can call holding on every play, right? I mean, it's just – it's one of those calls that's such a judgment call. I think – and I'm sure you're with me here. I, I think holding should be five yards, not ten yards. I, I think, you know, it's not a – it's not really a momentum play, uh, a forward momentum play, right? You're not like – you know, if if I'm doing a holding call and the touch, the, like, like last week, right? So that play is negated. 
why am I backing up 10 yards instead of five right. yards? Like five yards is, I think, if you're saying you can call holding on every play, then, you know, five yards, I think, is good enough. That's neither here nor there. We're not rule makers. But, right. hey, I always thought that. I mean, it, it works two ways, I guess, right? If it was yeah, it does. Team, you're like, it should be 10. <laughs> um, but as far as, um, you know, you, you talk about the guys on the team and you're close and you're close. The guy who's making it all go is Baker, right? He's your quarterback. He's touching the ball. What kind of leader is Baker when you guys are down? Like let's say last week and you're mounting the comeback, you got that long drive, probably a little longer than it should have been. Um, but you got that long drive, you get back, you get the two point conversion. You're within six. Obviously the whole hand there play. We can discuss that referee, refereeing a call <laughs> again, but what kind of leader is he in that huddle? When you guys are down, when you guys are surging to come back, what does he bring to this offense? What does he bring as a leader? What does he bring in those situations? Yeah, I think he just always brings juice. He, that that's one thing he's always going to bring energy, you know, whether we're up a couple scores or we're down and we're trying to mount to come back is he's going to let you know that, well, Hey, you know, he believes in you. Um, the you know everyone the, on the staff you know like they believe and I think it's just he just does a good job reassuring like uh, hey I got you like you you get me I'll get you and and you know God forbid you let up a sack and he goes down you know he's never gonna get pissed he's he's you know we'll learn from it and that type of thing yeah that's that's refreshing refreshing to have uh, you know and a guy who's who's got your back pretty much essentially and that's. You know what you want out of a quarterback? Who are you closest with on the team? Who's like your who's your guy? I'd say probably Payne, Payne Durham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are inseparable. I remember one of the first times I met you outside. Um, obviously, we talked before. You know, once you got drafted, but the first time I saw you was at Mike's thing. You and Payne showed up together, and you guys, you guys are a little duo there. A <laughs> um, couple more, and then we'll get to some fun things here. Just through eight weeks in the season, um, where where are you happy with? your game where where can you where do you think you can improve just give give yourself i know you just we just had that mini buy um so another opportunity to self-scout damn buy whoever the schedule makers did not like that here's your buy week here's your mini buy two weeks later games to finish the season right you know you got that mini buy to kind of re-self-scout after you just self-scouted um where where are you uh where are you right now in 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 eight weeks in I think, uh, you know, I think it's going in an upward direction. You know, that's the biggest thing, learning from each game. Um, just I think the biggest thing that I'm trying to get into myself is just be more consistent. You know, you'll have some good plays, and then there will be a bad play. And there's always going to be bad plays, but trying to just limit those and just be more consistent in general. Um, I, I think, you know, the pass pros, pass pros been good, can always be better. There's a lot to work on there. But just getting going a little bit earlier in the run game, I think, too, is is just bring a little bit more – I don't know. I don't know what it is. Just just bring a little bit more in the run game, I think, is what I'm telling myself. Yeah, yeah just a little more oomph, maybe? Probably, yeah. yeah. Um, last one before we get into fun things. We talked about this a little bit, and I know the standard response is going to be, I'll go wherever the team needs me to help them. And I know your focus right now is on right guard, but there's been talk of potentially next season you sliding over to that center position um as a potential where would your comfortability be there obviously you played a little bit in the senior bowl and have you kind of talked to jensen while he's still around about maybe hey if this does happen it's in the future you know if this ever does happen um you know kind of just pick his brain a little bit 
No, yeah, I definitely would pick his brain. If it ever came to that, I definitely would, you know, pick his brain as much as I can. Um, you just – I mean, there's, I don't think there's a better guy you'd want to learn center from. So, I mean, absolutely, if it comes down to it, I could just learn everything I can from him. Uh, that would be the biggest thing. Okay, so let's get into some fun things. Tampa Bay, never been here before until you're drafted here. Uh, you came in the middle of summer which is always the worst time to go. How are you settling in now? The weather's been super bipolar. You wake up at 60, 70 degrees, and then in the afternoon it's 90 degrees outside. Like, what the hell is going on here? How have you been settling in? How have you been settling in with the weather? And uh, have you found any good spots yet? Because we still got to get that, uh, that that Yelp series going here. Yeah, we do. Um, it's been good. We've been settling in, settling in fine. Like it was, you know, It was a lot of adjusting just through the – month of august and even during july just definitely really hot and humid and you know it took a bit to get used to that and it's, it's been settling down a whole lot more like you said it's weird like you'll wake up and you'll be like wow i need a sweatshirt on the way in and then it's midday and you're like oh my god it's 90 degrees so it's it's it, it, it's fine it, it's been uh i've been liking it a lot i think uh i, I think our favorite spot to go eat is uh out, out at uh, salt shack that's a pretty good spot i that's think it's just great vibes too. That's the, you know, you're right on the water and you know, if we ever have people in town, we'll take them out there. And, you know, even for us, we live here. It feels like you're on vacation a little bit. Yeah. It's right there, right in the beach. There's a couple other ones. Hideaways good. There's a couple other ones. We'll get together and talk about them. Yeah. Salt Shack's good. It's right there on the water. You got the tunage, you got the palm trees. Yeah. It's a, that's definitely a good spot. That's over by Gandhi. Um, if you guys don't know where that is, definitely check it out. It's a good spot. Um, any rookie duties? What are your rookie duties this year? I know, you know, thankfully the NFL and sports in general are moving away from the whole rookie hazing thing, which is obviously great for the sport. Um, but you still got some rookie duties to do. I'm sure in training camp it was carrying the guy's shoulder pads and helmets into the season. What what are you what do you got to do for these guys? It's just little stuff, you know, like we'll have to grab towels and get towels for guys or um, you know, make sure there's some water and drinks and stuff in the fridge. Make sure there's some snacks during meetings. Uh, we had to decorate the O-line room for Halloween, so that was something that was that was pretty fun. And uh, that it's just a lot of little stuff right now. But I'm kind of looking forward to decorating the room for Christmas. I'm a, I'm hey. a big Christmas guy, so that'd be fun. How, how can you not? Christmas is one of the best seasons. It just brings uh, out joy, you know. It does. Uh, you got a home game on Christmas Eve, which is, should be fun. Um, it's going to be probably one of your first Christmases without snow too, right? It's going to be really weird. Yeah. It's so weird. I've been here for five years. I'm still not used to it, man. Yeah. It's palm trees and whatnot. Um, what's, uh, what's a, who's got the craziest snack, uh, request in that old line room? Uh, like you got some big boys in there. I mean, I can only imagine how much you guys are spending a week on snacks. Yeah. Um, I don't remember, uh, it's just very some very like specific stuff, you know. It's not like you can just go to Walmart or Target and get everything. Like there's some of the snacks you got to go to this specific grocery store to get, and uh, <laughs> like what, so what? It's, it's kind of Double funny. Tea. But tea. what is it? Well, they're like I at least I haven't been able to find them anywhere else. But the little Miss Vicky uh, chips. Oh yeah, the salt and I, vinegar ones. And yep, stuff. I haven't haven't seen them really anywhere except for one of the grocery stores on Dale Mabry, which. You know, it's not a big deal, but um, it's, sometimes you'll have to go to all these different stores just to get all the snacks. 
Oh, that's funny. Uh, we're going to move on. It's just kind of, kind of ties into my next segment here. Spill the tea on the OL room. Who's got the best and worst taste of the music in there? Oh, boy. Um, who like who are you passing the ox to? And who are you like, no, 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 no. Someone's got to take that ox away from them. Don't let them have it. Don't let them have it. See, I think uh, just from what, you know, you guys be playing music on their phones. I think Tristan's got a pretty similar sense of music to me. I'd give Tristan the ox, play some Luke Combs or something like that. I'm not even sure who I, I feel like I'd let it. I don't really know who has a bad taste. Um, I, I haven't really found anything that I don't like yet. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, who is the messiest in the, in the OL room? We can just um, keep it, no, we'll just pull, you know, you guys got a bunch of guys on there, so it's hard to narrow it down. I'm sure. But who's the messiest guy? God, that's a tough one too. I'm trying to think of all the guys lockers and who's is pretty messy. Um, Probably it's like, I mean, maybe just like since some of the older guys, they have way more stuff. Their locker is maybe not as nice. Not exactly. I think I I would say Nick. Nick's pretty messy. I could see that. Yeah, he's got jerseys from like week one that he did jersey swaps. (laughs) Yeah, like what are you doing, guy? Who's the loudest? Uh, I'd say Tristan. Yeah. Who's the craziest? Like who you like that? This guy's crazy. I'd say Luke. Luke's got, especially in games, Luke is just wired different. Uh, who, who's always eating? Luke. Definitely Luke. <laughs> who who wouldn't you let date your sister if you had one? I don't know if you do. I, well, I got I got a couple sisters. Um, I saw that from Trey. Trey did the video, so I just took it right now. <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, you got a solid group in there. There's no one in there. There really is a solid group of guys. Yeah. Um, all right, we're gonna run through some favorites, some this or that, um, and then we'll get you out of here, man. So this or that, Xbox or PlayStation? Xbox. Uh, what game are you playing right now? I I haven't turned my Xbox on since the summer, but I was playing Hogwarts during the oh, summer. It's so good. Good it's one. So, it's so big though. It's like it's, it's like one of those. Matches. I know. It's like GTA. It's like, God damn, this thing is yep. taking me fucking two years to get, get taken care of. Just like the new Spider-Man 2 game. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have PlayStation, but I, I want it. But, like, you know, you're going to get it. You got to get the PlayStation 5 yeah. now. And, like, that's going to take me eight years to finish, too. Yeah. Um, beach or the mountains? Uh, I would say the mountains. Okay. Um, Marvel or DC? Marvel. Your favorite hero? Um. Not Captain America. I think Captain America is really overrated. I think. Um, I would go. I think America. It's not Captain America. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'll go with uh, Iron Man. Iron Man's good. Bill, billionaire, playboy, philanthropist. Can't can't go wrong. Well, you got a favorite villain? Um. I don't know. Uh. That's a tough one. Everyone's yeah, like, I'm not sure if I got one. My Carnage yeah. is my favorite villain. I love Carnage. I yeah, love the that's, aesthetic. It's a good one. Um, do you watch like the MCU shows, like Mar- uh, Loki or anything like that? I haven't. I really haven't. I've been really bad at watching them. I want to watch them. They're pretty good. It's like at this point, if you're watching the whole thing, you've got to watch part yeah. of the show. So it's it's tough. Um, this is this is gonna be a fun one because city or country. 
Oh, definitely country. You're a country boy? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Good. Um, so, I mean, I, this one goes hand in hand, but car or truck? Truck, definitely. Okay. Uh, movie or TV series? I would say movie. What's uh, what movies? Any any good movies recently? Um, we're gonna watch a couple. Let's see. I watched The Shining last night. Okay, classic. Okay. Um, I've been watching the Die Hard movies right now. I'm on the second one. Okay, I once you get to like Die Hard Four, like he's throwing cars at helicopters. <laughs> gets to be like the Fast and Furious. Just gets so unrealistic. Just goes to space, like what? Um, I just watched the. It was I think it was Bad Dads or Old Dads or something like that on Netflix with Bill Burr. It was pretty funny. That was a good one. Check that one out. Uh, would you rather pancake someone or just stonewall them from from snap to whistle? I'd say pancake. Yeah. Okay. I'll put them on their ass, right? Yeah. Um, there's there's fun part though uh, about just like holding. Just you're not going. Oh nowhere. yeah. Absolutely. Do whatever you want. You're Do whatever you want. Nowhere. Arms are flailing. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Um, all right. Jump into favorites. Favorite movie. Uh, favorite movie. I I like Goodwill Hunting. Great movie. Great movie. Um, sports team growing up. Probably the Twins. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, favorite place you've ever visited? Uh, I think Cancun was. I was. I was a sixth grader when I went to Cancun, so that was pretty fun. Sixth grader, absolutely. <laughs> Brett, um, uh, favorite food? I really love pasta. Pasta's great. Like any any type of pasta, you yeah, usually like Alfredo, chicken Alfredo, Alfredo shrimp Alfredo. Oh, I made it. chicken Alfredo last night. I made I do uh, like a chicken parm Alfredo. It's so good because oh, it's like yeah. got that crispy crunchiness of like the chicken parm, but instead of the parm, uh, pomodoro Pardon. sauce, use the Alfredo. Yep. Oh, yeah. Um, if you're looking for a good Alfredo spot, it's called Restaurante Villaggio. Maybe we'll hit that up together. Um, we, yep. That's a that's a good spot. It's these people are straight from Sicily, man. They're the old world. They come here. They're all speaking Italian to each other. You can't understand half the stuff they're saying, but the food is fantastic. Oh, I love it. We'll hit it up for sure. Um, favorite cereal. This is a good one. So much controversy around favorite cereal. I feel like. Yeah, I would say. I always like Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms are favorite. They're like they're like cinnamon toast crunch. Lucky Charms, Reese Puffs for me are the best. But you got co- people coming out of like left field and saying like cornflakes and stuff like that. No, like come on, yeah, move it on. Uh, <laughs> favorite game you've ever watched? I think the mini. I, I grew up a Vikings fan, so watching the Minneapolis Miracle on TV that was pretty. That was pretty cool. That was that was cool for everybody, especially it was against the Saints. <laughs> um, yeah. Favorite uh, favorite color? Probably red. Red? No, well, hey, that's fitting. I got a red pick. So. <laughs> favorite uh, favorite TV show? Uh, probably The Sopranos. It's a great one. I just started rewatching it. Um, I just saw something. Someone had like a Sopranos Halloween party. It was freaking hilarious. Oh, great. Um, favorite sports memory? Probably. My, I think my, the 2021 national championship game, just, I mean, I had won a couple of them and this was the first one that I, you know, had started and so played a big part in. So that one was pretty special. Nice. Um, favorite dessert. 
pumpkin pie and whipped cream. Oh, you're a perfect season for I it. love it. <laughs> Favorite season, I'm assuming fall. <laughs> I would say fall. Yep. It's the best, especially like when you're up north. Like Florida fall sucks. Yeah. But, you know, but like up north, you get the seasons changing a little cooler. You get the fires, sweatshirts. Some jeans and a sweatshirt. It's the best. Some cowboy boots and you've got the fairs and festivals going. Yeah, it's definitely the best. Uh, favorite player going up? Probably Adrian Peterson. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, yeah, big Vikings fan. Favorite offensive lineman that you kind of, uh, you know, modeled your game after or, or looked up to? I'd say Joe Thomas. I mean, stud. If you're a left tackle, how do you not want to watch him? Right. It's just one of the best to ever do it. It's a shame he never won anything with that terrible Browns team. Uh, <laughs> favorite game you played? Also, probably that 2021 national championship game. All right. I'll throw this last one on there. Uh, favorite wrestler? I know we did the Mount Rushmore, but we'll just go with one. Favorite wrestler of all time? I don't want to. I don't want to say it just because he's so popular. But I loved John Cena growing up. I just, I had the oh the hat and the wristbands and the you can't see me shirt. Yeah, no. WWE the belt. Like I loved him. You had the spinner. I did. <laughs> he's back right now. He's actually wrestling next Saturday um, against Solo Sokoa, Roman Reigns, and the Umaga. Oh yeah. Uh, Rikishi's son actually is Solo Sokoa. Yeah. So yeah, wrestling wow. is, is is pretty good right now. Um, they've got a guy named LA Knight. Not sure if you're familiar with him, um, but he's like in the best way. He's like if the Rock and Stone Cold merged. He oh has, yeah, he's like that old school attitude style, great on the mic type deal. Um, catchphrase, yeah. Let me talk to you. You know, <laughs> he's uh he's really good. So if you want to get back into it, now's a good time to start that real build and push to Royal Rumble, which is in Tampa. Oh uh, boy. There. Uh yeah, in in January. Um and it's on a Saturday. So that's uh, great. End of the month. So you know hopefully you'll still be playing. Um, yep. but if not, uh, I'll definitely be hitting that up. Um but yeah good time to get into it with the WrestleMania push and all that stuff going. Um that's gonna do it. That's all I got. Appreciate you spending time with me. Man, man that was uh, great. Appreciate you. Yeah, Chatting it up, talking to the fans, you know, getting a little perspective into your rookie season, a little perspective into you, your life, a little bit more, get to know you, uh, connect with them. Uh, if they want to continue to connect with you, where can they find you? Oh, I'm, I guess I'm on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> uh, what's the, what you got, do you know your ats off the top of your head? We'll have them listed anyway. So yeah, you guys don't, yeah, we'll, we'll have them listed. For yeah. You. Follow Cody. He's always got some good stuff on his stories. Always uh, pretty entertaining. Um, I want to thank you for coming on here, man. Yeah, appreciate you. Good talking to you again. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it. We have Cody Mock on here. We have Batman in the studio, too. Uh, guys, I want to thank you again for tuning in to another edition of Pirate Parlay and the Sick Podcast. Plenty of good stuff coming. We have another game this week, so we'll have another preview this week. Um, then who knows who we'll have next week. Uh, Texans are next in the docket. Uh, if you're watching this, happy bladed Halloween. Um, and hey, go Bucks. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Pirate Parlay on YouTube, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.